This is the Blue, White and Yellow podcast from Leeds United Live, giving you the in-depth analysis on all the big talking points from Ellen Road. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Blue, White and Yellow podcast with myself, Conor McGillian, your multimedia producer. I'm joined by Joe Donoghue and Baron Cross, your Leeds United writers. And we are back uh, a little bit later than usual. Um, JD, how's the international break been for you, mate? Yeah, we're back as a trio, I think. It's been quite oh, yeah. a few weeks before since, well, since we've, we've all been on. So it's nice, nice to 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 chat and and to discuss what's been happening in the international break. Probably about a dozen Leeds players have been away, haven't they? When you think about the the unders as well. Um, but yeah, it's been there's been there's been um, one player in particular dominating the, this break, hasn't hasn't there? But uh, Clay has yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, Matthias Klick, great assist for Karol Swiderski the other night. Yeah, couldn't keep my eyes off that game. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's it's good to be back. Yeah, good chatting. Baron, you all right? Yeah, Elan Melier has been star of the show, hasn't he? With his uh, with his <laughs> the hard work he had to put in for those clean sheets for France. Um, yeah, it's been fine. We chatted a bit last week, didn't we, on the podcast? International breaks, pretty much what it says on the tin. Um, not a whole lot to get our teeth into. None of the Leeds players have really sort of done a great deal over the no. break, so. <laughs> not, not at all. Um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll get into that in just a bit. I think it's going into, to dominate. Into what? Into what, Connor? What just are you talking about? We've I've switched got. off. There's no club football. We're the club writers. We switched off, Connor. Southampton. <laughs> that's all. That's the only thing in my thoughts. Southampton and the I've long drive I've got ahead of me. I've got something in mind. Um, but Leeds under 23s, JD, we're in action against Sunderland under 23s. Uh, another goal to add to the Crescencio Somerville highlight reel. Yeah, what a goal. Um, you know, picks it up outside the box, spins, just says, I'm going to go past you, going past you, I'm going to go past you as well, and then I'm going to stick it in the top corner. Uh, and it's become sort of a, it's, it's become a running theme now. He only plays for 45 minutes for the 23s, but ends up making those, you know, match-changing contributions. So, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's looking, he's looking good in the 23s and, Given the 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 likelihood that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say no, I'm saying his name no, with we're about three minutes in. Given the likelihood of the a certain uh, Rafinha maybe not making it back uh, to be a starter uh, against Southampton, mm. um, then I think you know you'll probably be in that in that squad because he's overcome the illness that that made him miss a few a few matches. That Somerville that being spirits we... um, spirits quite high on Wearside, Joe. Given uh, given last week's news on the time, I'm sure the. Uh... The locals at Sunderland were quite happy to receive you for the Leeds game, were they? In good spirits. I'm not sure that the, the the news you're referring to is probably permeated throughout anything more than the northeast. To be honest, I think it's it's remained pretty uh, pretty insular there. But no, it's yeah. I don't think I don't think uh, people of a of a red league, white league one, league one Sunderland delighted <laughs> with the news. Yeah, I don't think they were too pleased about that. Especially when Crescencio then absolutely embarrassed yeah. their entire back. Boyhood, well, boyhood Newcastle Sund- fan, obviously. Sunderland uh, won, didn't they? Uh, yeah, they won. Yeah, yeah I, should, I, should, I, should, I should probably say them. that. Yeah, I should probably say that. Back in my one, two, one. Um, and Ethan Cachosa was was the, the match winner who was at Leeds. Uh, and it was really strange because he kind of, he, he looked as though he was kissing the badge. And I was thinking, I mean, it's, an, it's, a, it's a Premier League Cup game. It's not the PL2. It's not even the EFL <laughs> trophy. It's, it's the PL Cup, uh, which is sort of even less octane and less high profile than the other under 23 competitions that Leeds are in. So it was a bit like, all right, okay, fair enough. But um, yeah, Leeds lost 2-1. Uh, so yeah, Mark Jackson described the team as lethargic. And to be fair, it was quite difficult to disagree with that. The, the first half wasn't great. 
Uh, second half started a little bit better, but just conceded some sloppy goals. Um, How did and... Pascal look? I, I mean, Pascal he looked fine. It feels like. He looked he, he looked fine. Um, Where was he playing? He looked he looked well rested. Um, he was playing in central midfield, nice. um, but I think that was purely. I mean, it was a pre-planned sub for him to come off at half time. So he, uh, he, I think that's just building his minutes, managing his minutes, considering that he's obviously had that suspension. Come back and Urente is back at the same time, so he's not getting those those minutes. So yeah, I think everything was. I mean, it's a it was a low octane under 23s fixture. It wasn't anything sort of to. So get overly excited about or overly concerned about, but yeah, Somerville definitely being the highlight in that one. Yeah, he's just anytime you see those sort of bits of play from Somerville, and and it, he seems so direct and terrifying. You know when he's going at defenses. I mean, how excited should Leeds fans be about this guy? Uh, extremely excited, uh, more excited than they should be for Rafinha. Uh, no, I mean, I'm I'm not one. I'm not one to be. Uh, to overly hyping players, especially when it comes to young players, because we know that like development and progress with teenagers is not it's not linear. You know, you'll go through a patch where you you know on top of the world, like Somerville has been in the past few months, and there will naturally come a point where there, there is a, a period where he, he drops off a little bit, and you've got to expect that. Um, it can't be a oh well, he was just a flash in the pan sort of thing. Mm. Um, you obviously you'd want more highs and more more peaks than than troughs, but. There will be there will be some some lower points um, in his form, but I mean he's he's doing well. He's progressing. The the under twenty three staff are, are really happy with the progress he's made uh, off the pitch as well. Sort of in terms of his uh, in terms of you know developing in the gym and that sort of thing. So yeah, he's um he's he's doing well in his in his progression, and and I think the the be- the best reflection of that and how how like supportive and, and excited Leeds fans should be is is the fact that Bielsa counts him in his four first team wingers. I mean, obviously comfortably the number four but as is you know behind Harrison James and Rafinha yeah 100% uh, staying up there anyway we're going to touch on this anyway there's no real structure but um Baron Newcastle now the richest club in the world um last time we spoke couldn't imagine this could we <laughs> it's been a crazy week in football and there's been you know a notable a notable sort of um news standpoint from Leeds in, in terms of Rafinha but it's been overshadowed hasn't it really by this takeover it happened really quickly didn't it it's sort of yeah. we we know this has been on the back burner for quite a while uh, and that Ashley and all the parties involved wanted it to happen basically apart from the Premier League and it all stemmed from this this TV ban um I can't quite re- is it was it being sports yeah. being banned in Saudi was that the issue they were so basically the saudis were allowing this sort of pirate network called be out q which i think was probably a play on words being that it was the, it was the be in stream that they were stealing um okay uh, but they they've basically repaired their relations with be in sports and qatar to an extent uh, which is where BN are based. Uh, and as a result, there was no piracy issue anymore. So the takeover yeah. was free to go through. Not that there's any any other issues whatsoever uh, in that deal. Yeah, so once the TV ban was lifted, it all just kind of snowballed, didn't it? Because a lot of these rumours will, will come out and, and websites will kind of join the dots and say, okay, well, this means this paves the way for the takeover. But I don't think any of us expected it to be you know, a matter of days. We thought maybe a few months for the sort of the cogs to turn and various court hearings to be ended you know bits of paperwork here and there but yeah before the end of the week amanda staveley was stood there at st james's park with uh, avoiding kansas special brew sort of slowly sort of <laughs> whistling past her head um but yeah i mean it, it's obviously transformed the scene up there um various ethical issues with this i don't know how heavy we want to make it with 
ethical issues about another club's takeover. But the, the actual the upshot for Leeds, if if you want to focus on on the impact on Leeds, is that maybe not in the short term, but in the medium term, if Leeds have got aspirations to become a, a top six or top seven Premier League team, this is one more team that's going to get in their way now. Um, they are going to be a serious player. You know, if they stick around for long enough. It's going to take five, six years, I think, before they actually establish themselves as a club with the with the revenue required to stay within FFP and then build a squad with an identity and, and a coach and, and, a, and a background at, at the club in terms of infrastructure where they can actually become a an established top six team because it is going to be quite a leap for them you know, to go from pretty much you know relegation candidates uh, every year to becoming an established top six team, if not top four team. Um, because the other, the other clubs aren't going to suddenly get poorer, you know they've still got the sort of the squads and the the uh, the, the management in place to, to remain where they are. But um, but yeah, in, in the long term, whether we like it or not, the money is there for Newcastle to you know they will they will spend their way to wherever they want to go to. I mean, money talks in football; we all know that. Yeah, and we've heard Rad Rosani respond to it already, haven't we, JD? Um, sort of calling for a more equal playing field uh, I can't really remember the last time I've looked at the Premier League and thought that it was an equal playing field to be honest um, obviously you said that Leeds are going to be looking for Europe in the next two to three years do you think that's still a bit of a pipe dream or do you think I think it's realistic I mean it's 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 hard to predict the future really isn't it because I think a cert, certain people might have been looking at the ninth place finish and thinking all right we'll build on this and it'll be a higher place finish each each season it might be one or two years but I think the reality is that it's very difficult to break into the, sort of the European elite, especially with the which Newcastle will find JD. Which Newcastle, yeah, of course, will yeah, find. yeah. I mean, I mean that that'll come to pass, but I think it'll be very difficult for Leeds to break into the European elite in the current, you know, current conditions. In that financially, they're not on the same plane as the current teams who are in there. You know, the there are. I mean, let's not forget this. It's we're only one and a half seasons, not even one and a half. What, just over one full season back into the Premier League, um, so the the benefits that you get from being a Premier League member, uh, you know, namely financially, haven't really kicked in yet uh, for for Leeds. So the, the it'll be a slow and gradual process. I do think it'll be growing towards that uh, rather than sort of regressing. But I, I think it's two and three years is maybe a bit ambitious. Yeah, I mean, surely Baron, it's got to be. About consolidation, staying in the Premier League. Not, you know, Leeds are Leeds are facing a tough season ahead. You know, hopefully we'll finish it in a finish it strongly, of course. But putting a timestamp of two or three years on it again this week, it's it's a difficult one to take in, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think two or three years is. I mean, that's very very optimistic. I think the start of the season has shown how hard this league is. I mean, before Leeds beat Watford, people were starting to worry about relegation and stuff. I mean, that's. That's how difficult this league is, and um, Leeds need to build upon that first win. Remember, it's only one win so far this season. They're not out of the woods yet. Uh, they've got a lot of points to pick up this season, just to make sure they're in there for a third season yet. So, to be talking about Europe is just—I mean, it's almost fanciful. I think ninth place last year certainly gives people grounds to believe that Leeds might have been able to match that this year, or if not better. You know, we talked about it quite a lot before the season started and pitched. I think most of our predictions were around sort of ninth, if not a touch below that. Um, so with with a fair wind and with Bamford hitting twenty five goals, Rafinha here we're hitting fifteen goals, fifteen assists, Urente playing thirty five games in a season, uh, Melier continuing on his path towards you know being the world's best goalkeeper, mm. Phillips you know dominating in the middle of the park. 
no injuries. Then, yeah, if you have all those things happen at the same time, like you say, with no injuries, and maybe a couple of the others have bad seasons or have injury issues, then yeah, I mean, if all that came together in one glorious 38-game period, then yeah, Leeds would have a great chance. But a lot needs a lot needs to sort of go right for Leeds and a lot needs to go wrong for some of the other clubs for that to really happen. I mean, it's a big, big leap. I mean, even from where they finished ninth, they were still a, a fair number of points behind European places. Yeah, and you even Euro, just Europa League, I mean. You even just look at the that top six, JD, and the amount they spend, you know, year in, year out, and throughout obviously the transfer window, every single transfer window, they, they spend a decent amount of money. And for Leeds to improve the squad that they have now, you know, renovate, if you will, and then add on top of that as well, it's, it could be a long task, couldn't it? Yeah, definitely, because you also don't want to bring in six or seven players in the same transfer window and then completely revamp your starting eleven because that's a one-way ticket to things not gelling properly and you know being taken to task. We know how precise and specific Bielsa's brand of football is. Um, so if you know if you're bringing in multiple players at a time, it's going to be difficult. So it, it's hard to envisage that this current squad could compete for European football. I think certain members of it do have the potential to, but the squad as a whole probably probably not. Um, because then you're looking at the the injuries. You know, it's all these extra games that you're taking on, um, and then you're thinking, right, okay, well, we're going to be starting, you know, the the 18s in in the Carabao Cup and stuff like that. So it's it's a long way off for the time being, but that's fine. You know, it's it's been it's been, it was far too long for Leeds to be out of the Premier League. Just being back in it is is the best part of of you know these these past few seasons. It was the end goal when when Bielsa took over, and it's been achieved. Now the now the now the objective is to consolidate that and to to maintain it. And while that's not that's not, maybe that's not as sexy or as you know uh, alluring of as you know other teams' objectives, then you know ultimately it's it's the one which is going to be the most stable. And that's the messaging that you constantly get from the club. Um, I'm not actually sure was it was it this week the 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 Radritani interview that he said it was two or three years. I think he I think the question was from the host on on sky news business show was like you, you do you have to i think it was like do you have to adjust your ambitions mm. um uh, of, of reaching europe with this club I don't, I don't know whether a time frame was put on it but i think the message that radritani was trying to put across was no that is still the end goal um you know it's we're only seven eight games into a season so yeah i mean it's not something which we need to give an awful lot of weight to um because it's it's not a reality for the time being And to be fair, Connor, I'd quite like your stance on this. You know, obviously being a Leeds United supporter, what, how, how, how long do you conceivably see, you know, Rafinha remaining a, a Leeds player? Given that, you know, I mean, we'll get onto it, but the the international break stuff that we were sort of tiptoeing around at the beginning, um, you know, I mean, how he's, I mean, we've discussed this so many times, Baron. He's just an exceptionally talented player, uh, and you know that that progression looks as though it's starting to sort of outstrips outstrip Leeds' own exponential growth over the past three years, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. And I think he's, he's played something like 34 games for Leeds. I think it's like nine goals and nine assists, which is, is still phenomenal. You know, the impact he made in the second half of last season. Um, I always remember his introduction. Do you remember that pass at Aston Villa away? Just yeah. that. And, and you just knew straight away this, this guy's some serious quality. And just since then... JD, it's your upward trajectory, isn't it? Of, of like you just said, game by game by game, and and he just seems to be getting better and better. And he's still such a young age as well. Um, 
145 minutes I've got down here for for Brazil in this international break. Two goals, two assists, two big chance, chances created. And you can't ever see him regressing really in the next two to three years. I can just see him getting, as I've said, better and better. So keeping hold of him, um, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? I, I was saying to my dad earlier, you can't imagine ha- him having a chat with Neymar. And, uh, you know, Neymar just being like, so where where are you again? Leeds. Oh, okay. You know, what? Well, why? And you you can just see it. it sounds ridiculous, but that sort of chat happening within the Brazilian ranks because the guy the guy really based on his ability should be at a Champions League club, shouldn't he? So I think the next question is if he is to leave, which I think we all know it will happen in the next couple of seasons. How much are Leeds feasibly going to get for him? And that's that's where the big question comes in for me. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Baron? Yeah, I think um are we going into the international stuff now or are we gonna are we gonna continue to dive We've gone two footed now. Yeah, yeah. we're deep we're in pool. Yeah. yeah, we're in. Well, I mean armbands are off. <laughs> if Carl if Carlsberg did international breaks, I mean what what an amazing introduction to global football from Rafini. I mean, he could not have done much more in the minutes that he was given to mm. I mean, that, waking up to... I mean, I know JD has just stayed awake for the entire international break. He doesn't, doesn't go to bed. He's got no life. Like, just get, have a day off, mate. Like, come on. It's the middle of the night. Yeah, it was um, the middle of the night, yeah. I did fall asleep before the second goal. I did fall asleep before the second goal. So the actual... Uh, <laughs> probably the reason that I should have stayed up for, I was actually asleep for. So, yeah. I well, thought you were joking, Baron. How many of the games have you stayed up for, JD? Oh, not all of them. Not all of them. You know. He says, so he says, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, those of us that woke up to the, the first game, um, j- just to have that impact in, what was, did he have 45 in the first game? Was it a full half? Yeah, mm. just 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 crazy. And he, should, he could have had a third assist, couldn't he? Because of the, the marginal offside. Um, was that with the Neymar touch? Or was that no, th- was it the free game? kick and was, was it Silva that was offside? It was yeah, I just thought, was I, it Marquinhos? Yeah, I just don't know whether or not it was in that first game where he did that incredible dribble. I think it was against Venezuela and he and he pinged it back to Neymar and Neymar was just, it was one of the worst touches you've ever seen. Was that that game, JD? That was the Colombia game. Not that oh, I watched okay. all of them. But all that was into the... one, doesn't it? Yeah. All, well, you know, <laughs> the international um, break. It, it, it do, I mean, all the days blur into one where you don't get any sleep, but yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, the, I don't think that the numbers were as good for the second appearance, but I think that the general commentary and analysis suggested that he was just as impressive on the eye at least. And then, I mean, last night, it's just, <laughs> I've got no words for it. You know, waking, again, waking up to it, not watching it live like a normal person. Um, <laughs> seeing seeing the, the tweet with, with him having a brace. I just, I couldn't help but laugh. Like, of course he got yeah. a brace. Of course he did. Like, it you just, expected it though, Baron, didn't you? You just expected it. You knew it was going to happen. Maybe, maybe not two goals. I mean, maybe it may be <laughs> one assist. You knew he was going to score. Goal. I knew he was going to play well. Yeah. Yeah. But but to have a brace, it just the man is on an, this. He's just on a trajectory that's incredible, and every single hurdle he has in his career, he seems to pass, and it's just it's irresistible. And he's only twenty four. I mean, the 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 analytics guys will be looking at it thinking this guy has got absolutely everything we need. You know, even Bielsa put it into words the other day. He's got the work rate as well. He hasn't even got an ego. He's got the age. He's got the Brazilian background. He can sell shirts. He can sell a left back. Also, <laughs> he, he can floor a left back. He can score goals. He can assist. He's not playing in Europe yet. It's the social. It's, clip it's just. It's just absolutely everything that every top tier club would want in Europe. And 
Leeds, I, I think either way, Leeds can't lose really. They're either going to keep him. I mean, some, somehow they tie him down to a 10-year contract and we just enjoy the fruits <laughs> of his labours and pay him whatever he wants. Or you, you sell him for, I mean, you put any number you want on it. I mean, the transfer market now, I can't really... It's gone so crazy with different players at different points and, and where the numbers are. It's hard for me mm. to say whether it would be over 100 million or not. I, maybe he needs another season or two at this level to kind of get to those kinds of numbers, but surely at least 60, 70 million by now. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it, when you actually look at it, it's still actually quite a small period of time. But just in that time, it's been such a high level that it's hard not to get carried away. It, it's funny because obviously he never played a professional game like at senior level in in Brazil. So like this international break was the first time he'd actually sort of showcased himself to to the Brazilian public. Now I'm not saying for one second that people in South America don't watch the Premier League, but they might not be watching Leeds every week. Put it that way. Um, you know, it's it was. I think I saw something like a Google search trends or something like that, where the Rafinha's name had just gone just a massive massive spike um, over the past week or so, and it's like. Actually, you know, people are waking up to what Leeds fans have been seeing and, and have, preached, have been preaching about for the past 12 months. But it is only 12 months, isn't it? Um, I mean, he signed in the October last year because of the um, convolute uh, transfer window. But yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't know. I don't know if either of you have seen the interview that he, he, he gave after the game. But, you know, he's, he, his eyes are sort of welling up a little bit. Um, you know, he's he's speaking about where he comes from and his family, and you know, doing the community proud and that sort of thing. And you know, you, that that's that's a guy who is, you know, just completely enamoured with football. He just absolutely loves to play the game. And you contrast that with Neymar, who also had a good game by all accounts, um, but who this week or last week it's been reported that you know he's like, oh well, Qatar will probably be my last World Cup. I'm, you know, I'm I'm kind of a bit fatigued by it all, and you know, absolutely fair enough if you're in the public eye that much, then fair. But I mean, you you contrast the, those sort of two two messages, and you think, well, I mean, why wouldn't you want Rafinha in your team? You know, you're going to get somebody who is just absolutely just die hard, going to run all day long, and also has the natural ability to back it up. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's frightening, really, with with what he's doing at this moment in time. And like you just said, Baron as well, the the upward trajectory. The guy, I I just can't see him. I, I, yeah, it's it's a difficult one because you want to talk him up, but it was almost like I got out of bed this morning and I saw that he got two goals, and I was like, nah. Oh come on, you've got to be happy for him. No, just, this is a childhood I'm, dream. No, I'm happy, you've got to be happy for him. I'm happy for him, but I just. Connor, I hate to break it to you, but just because you don't tweet about it doesn't mean that, that the, <laughs> uh, the Champions League semi-finalists aren't looking at him. No, it does. It does seem though, in this break, I think we can all sort of agree with this. It does seem like the world has sort of woken up to him a little bit, yeah. and, and I think that's sort of the the overriding theme we've got from it. Really, I mean, you still they've, they've won the World Cup five times, mate. I mean, if anybody pays attention to a particular nation during international break, it's Brazil, and he's been the star. It's just it's it's crackers how well it's gone for him and the beauty is again as Joe said in that interview he's already mentioning Leeds again and I think he's yeah. humble enough to know that that's where that's what's got him to where he is he's going to come back and work hard I mean we're recording it just after two o'clock on the Friday he's probably still in the air as we speak I mean when you try and sort of you, you jot down his sort of schedule after full time on the on the back of an envelope and I think he should in theory I'm, I'm assuming he's going to fly straight to Hampshire because obviously the, the team will be on the way down there tonight so I'm assuming he'll sort of get to 
the south of England somewhere at maybe, I don't know, six-ish. <laughs> it depends how long. I mean, what the match would have finished at a half three hour time. Three, yeah. He's got maybe an hour or two to sort of sort himself out and get to a get to an aeroplane. Um, and then it's what roughly a 12 hour <laughs> to an aeroplane, non so, private jet, along with yeah, every exactly, other family, exactly. Brazilian. getting your feet literally close your eyes and go to sleep immediately. Yeah. There's a bed, there's a blanket, <laughs> there's some, there's some uh, earbuds to, to block out the noise. Get your head down now. Marcelo has orders <laughs> to get you to sleep. He spoke about his rest yesterday as well, didn't he? He was like the quality of his rest. And I was just imagining you know, Rafini on a Ryan. He's going to have like, all kinds of sleep monitors over him, isn't he? Bielsa's going to have his pulse, his lung capacity, his, his, his leg definition overnight. It's, uh, I, I mean, Rob Price is going to have a job on his hands because there's no way Rafini has come back and saying, oh, yeah, I don't want to play. So they, yeah, I think they might have to make the call for him because the last thing we want, Connor and, and Joe, is imagine if he goes out and pings his hamstring inside 10 minutes. Absolutely devastating. It's just not worth it, is it? It's just not worth it. Nah. Um, His fantasy football price hasn't increased either, which annoys me. Still 6.5. It's the lead start, though, isn't it? Like People people aren't plugged into Leeds, are they? they, The fixtures are there, but Leeds' start has just meant that they're a bit off the radar. I think it should be a little bit higher, but you know, we we're talking about him aiming to get back for the, to Hampshire there. Um, will he make it back in time for the Southampton game? Do you think he'll start? I don't think he'll start. I think it's based on was what it, Bielsa was said. It 70 minutes? Was it 70 he played? Yeah, 70. Yeah, yeah. He's, not, he's not starting. Yeah. It's just too much. It's, it's literally one day apart. You know, the game kicked off 1 30 a.m. Friday. For him then to play another 90 minutes potentially or another 70 minutes the following day given how important he is to this team. The risk, I mean, the risk is just too too great, isn't it? There's no way Rob Price is, is going to risk the wrath of Bielsa by saying, I think you should play and we'll be fine. Because if it pings, Bielsa's just going to go off on one at, at the medical team and Rafini <laughs> saying, you told me, you told me he was going to be fine. I got that finger. <laughs> even, like, I mean, like you say, Joe, even if the match was, say, at, at Ellen Road at 1.30am on the Friday and he was in his own bed, he had, you know, complete downtime until 3 p.m. Saturday. Even then, it's a bit much. But to say that like, those 36 hours, he's going to be in the air for 12 hours, crossing five hours of time difference after playing in all that heat and humidity, his, his body's going to be battered. Mm, definitely. He's only, hu- he's only human as much as we don't believe he is. He's only human. And there's an, is there another international break? Is it four weeks? And I think Brazil have got yeah, two in November. Oh, I can't well. wait. Literally can't wait for international break. <laughs> Just bring it now. Let's have it. Can't wait. And they've got a uh, uh, they've got a rearranged game with Argentina as well to fit in at some point as well. So um, that should be fun. Rafinha um, to retire Messi as well. Is that it? <laughs> this that is, is the new generation. I'll, I'll yeah. let you write that headline then, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Other injury news, uh, fellas, what did we gain from um, Marcelo Bielsa's press conference yesterday, JD? Uh, Calvin Phillips' touch and go. Um, they said they were going to take decisions. I mean, Bielsa came into the press conference like he'd just come off the training pitch um, in his big his big puffer jacket. Uh, and he, he, was, he looked a bit rosy-cheeked, so I think it's safe to say he'd been out on the training pitch. So uh, he said he was assessing Calvin Phillips uh, as in yesterday, today, when we're recording, which is the Friday, and then tomorrow. So you assume that he will travel with the squad based on what he said there. Um, and I, I mean, I, I said in my report as 11 piece, you know, a 75, 80% fit Calvin Phillips 
is still probably the best option in that number six role. Um, you know, even if he's not, I mean, I think he probably would have been ruled out if he'd gone away with England, but he's clearly been closely monitored uh, with staying at Leeds and, and sort of withdrawn from the England camp. So he was touch and go. Um, Luke Aileen's at the halfway stage. thinks that that's the quote that Bielsa said in his return from a knee injury. Bamford's out. Um, again, depends on the evolution of his injury. We love that line. Um, who else was there? Uh, Robin Cock is in the United States mm. uh, undergoing minor surgery uh, to, to correct the issue with his pubis. Um, so hopefully seeing uh, a specialist there. And yeah, who, Baron, were, were there any, any others that I've missed off there? Maybe players returning from injury or or, or others who are... There was um, there were questions on some on Somerville and Dallas, but oh, yes. obviously during the international break they've both played games, so they were sort of a bit by the by. Really, I asked about Harrison just just to check on the obliques issue, and obviously he's going to be needed if if Rafini doesn't play, and he's fine as well. But wasn't Forshaw Cop- mentioned? Yeah, he's back. He's fit and available, but he's he's a mile away from the match sharpness needed to, to figure. Connor, where do you stand on Joe calling it in the number six role for Phillips? Yeah, it's a number four for me. I've got to say, in uh, in England. Oh yeah. wait, hold on. Are we describing it in England or? Oh, okay. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah, that's that's fine. I've been watching too much international football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if if Connor overrules me, then we can start calling it the six. No, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. I'd always sort of call it the four. The four for me is just the anchor. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, I, a four. I, yeah, six is just a little bit more advanced, isn't it? Is number four a centre back for you, Joe? No. Number four, oh. it, it's. I know I'm contradicting myself, right back. but no, no, no. <laughs> um, I'd say number number four is a central midfielder. Um, yeah, ahead of, ahead yeah, of the Arsenal. Yeah, sorry, say again, Baron. So, who are your what are your centre back numbers? Five In and six. I, I, that's why I realise I'm contradicting myself here. <laughs> right, okay. This, the, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking of you know your Javis and your Marco. We, could, we should do and, a debate about this on uh, online. On Twitter, maybe or something like ask ask the listeners what they think. Yeah, do okay. we call it a six or not? Do a yeah. poll. I'll um, respect. I'll respect like the polls. Of the poll. Mr. I, Social. I do like my polls. Yeah, I do. We'll get one on after this. Actually, uh, it could be a nice little thread. Um, did anyone watch England? Actually, uh, when when Calvin Phillips isn't there, I, I, my interest is 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 pretty much nil. Did anyone watch them? I missed Andorra completely because I was away. But I think mm. the, uh, yeah. the I had one eye in the second game. Yeah. JD, did you take anything away from the England fixtures, Andorra and Hungary? Uh, I also missed the Andorra game because I was getting some much-needed uh, downtime uh, sleep. Um, but um, uh, I actually watched <laughs> I, I watched Scotland's last-ditch uh, win against the Faroe Islands, which was possibly the dullest 86 minutes of football I've watched this season. Um, but then one before though, three-two win over Israel. That was that yeah. Was yeah, uh, I actually missed that one because I was. Um, in fact, I missed the Andorra game because I think I was at I was at Harrogate Town uh, where they beat Scunthorpe six one, which was a, a great day out. Um, but yeah, that was that okay. was a nice a nice Saturday off. That's was Stephen Corker you... playing? Is that why you were there? Stephen Corker was not playing. Um, t- who was playing? Who was of note? Actually, nobody. Nobody was of note to be honest. Uh, there was a goalkeeper who used to play for Southend. That's as far as I know. Uh, yeah. The uh, yeah, it was not a good afternoon for Scunthorpe. No. Um, there you go. Uh, so, fellas, let's uh, round it off. We always do this. Uh, predictions for the Southampton game. I've just 
I just have no idea what the Leeds lineup is going to be, so I'm I'm not going to go first. Uh, you should go Aaron, to the Le- you go to the Le- Leeds live website. We've got various stories on there, Connor, with, with oh, multiple lineups that could feature both my own and Joe's lineups. The lineup yeah, okay. is going to go with. All right, I'll do that. Yeah. Debate yeah, over it's, whether it's a good, it's a good, it's a good mm, There you go, Baron. Score prediction. S- sorry, I bored you with that. Yeah. I can tell you've got no interest at all in looking at those lineups. <laughs> I'm just, we have got an employer. We've got to try and direct tra- traffic to our employer's website, Connor. Um, I'm going to go 1 1, which might be okay. a bit controversial. I just, Southampton have looked really good at the back at home. I don't think they've conceded too many. Leeds, quite apparently on paper, have not started particularly well. We're without Rafinha, without Bamford. Could, I mean, if we're out, if we're without Phillips. I mean, I think we've had this debate, didn't we, last week about who is the most important player? I mean, if we're without both of them, then um, it could be quite challenging. So I'm I'm going to go one-one. But if if you wanted to, I'd be I'm closer to a two-one Leeds than I am a two-one Southampton. If that softens yeah. the blow at all, who's scoring for Leeds? Oh, Harrison. Okay. Like that, JD. Good show. Um... Do I have to go with my goal scorer pick as well? Well, you can't I'm go. Gonna, for I'm going to need some. I'm going to need some more time, Connor. You can't. You can't put me under this pressure. And then yeah, well, you can't go for. A, you can't go for a one-one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with a two-one to Leeds because um, while obviously Bamford, Rafinha potentially, and, and Phillips potentially all might not start, uh, or Southampton are without Shea Adams and. They are without James Ward-Prowse as well, who's suspended. So um, I do think that does lessen their uh, effectiveness up front. So, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, Ralph Hasenhurl described it as it's not exactly going to be a five-star dinner, which I do I do believe him on, given that there's been <laughs> such 14, a great quote. Such 14 a great games quote. played between the two teams this season and there's been one win. Uh, so, yeah, it'll probably be a battling for those second balls and the, the, the loose passes and whatnot. But... They're desperate, aren't they, to be honest? I mean, they yeah. are going to be proper bang up for it. They, they're they in the situation Leeds were with Watford. Like, the fixtures Southampton have got now, they look at Leeds as a team one place above them. They are going to be right at it. They have to win. Yeah, they have to go for it. Uh, so I'm going to go 2-1 uh, to Leeds. Maybe one of those goals caught on the counter-attack, you know. Uh, and who am I goal scorer? I, I'm not going to go with two goal scorers. I'm going to go with, I do think Rodrigo will get one. Oh, like that even Ooh, more. Surprised that. Yeah, I will go with a with two two. Would I be happy yeah. with? Would I be happy with that? Probably. Yeah, I'd take a two I two. Think I think in in the, in the grand scheme of things, in a way, draw is not a bad thing in the Premier League. It's just because, no. as I said, it's just because it's on the back of what's been a challenging start, isn't it? It just doesn't doesn't feel nice predicting another match where they don't win. Yeah. yeah, if Leeds had won three games uh, and lost three and lost four, a, yeah. a two-two draw would probably be like, oh, well, you know, that's a fair enough yeah, result. You know, it. Southampton or around that sort of area in the table. Um, and also, I think it's important. You know, even a draw at Southampton's not bad. The thing is not losing to the teams that will be around you. You know, Burnley, mm-hmm. Newcastle, they were both away draws. Obviously, they were deflating for different reasons. But a draw against Southampton again would not be a bad result come the end of the season. I don't think. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred um, percent. 
Right, fellas, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, thank you, everybody, as well, for listening. Uh, make sure you leave us a five-star rating on all your favourite podcast providers. And we will be back next week. Cheers. <laughs>